Welcome to Building Wealthy Habits, a Tricord Advisors radio program. You will recognize Randy from Retirement Unlimited, a program that has aired on our station for over 15 years. Each week on Building Wealthy Habits, your hosts discuss life's hard financial questions relating to retirement, business ownership, and losing a spouse. Randy Barkley, Jeremiah Lee, and Laura Lee are CFP certified financial planners at Tricord Advisors, and Jeremiah is a California licensed attorney. If you have a topic you would like them to discuss on the air or would like to connect with them about your situation, visit their website, tricordadvisors.com, or give them a call at 951-684-7011. Now, let's join the conversation on Building Wealthy Habits. Well, welcome, everyone. Welcome to <laughs> Building Wealthy Habits. Uh, it's a, a Tricord Advisors podcast. We meet each week where we talk about uh, good topics. We take listener questions. We talk about things that we get from our clients. But basically, we're trying to get some wisdom and some, some knowledge to help you make wise decisions with your money. We rotate who's here each week. You got all three of us at the moment. You have Randy Barkley. Trio, trio, trio. Yeah, trio. So <laughs> Randy Barkley is a certified financial planner. Uh, Laura Lee. I said Barkley. That's her main name. Uh, Laura Lee, uh, who is a uh, on her way to being a certified financial planner. She's passed all the all the work. She's just waiting for the time to go by. That's right. right. And she has right. her MBA in personal finance. And then myself, I'm Jeremiah Lee. I'm a certified financial planner, also a California licensed attorney. And we talk through questions each week. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of you who listen to this on the radio would know us as Retirement Unlimited. Randy's had a radio program for years and years of speaking about retirement. How many years stuff. were you thinking? Over 12, over 12 years. Wow. Yeah. So it's we, crazy, huh? That is amazing. We've focused for a long time on retirement, but we do a lot more than just retirement with our clients. Mm-hmm. And on the radio, we want to make sure we bring that that content, that knowledge to everyone. So we, we talk about retirement item, items. We also talk about things that are relevant to business owners. And we also talk about things that are relevant to survivors, someone who's lost a yeah. spouse or someone who's lost their parents. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of walking into that that new dynamic. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, we talk each week. Uh, if, if there's something that you hear on this show that's it's interesting and you want to connect with us, you can go to our website, tricornadvisors.com. Uh, if there's a question or a topic that you'd love for us to answer, we would love to hear from you. Um, we're always looking for new content, new ideas. You can go to our website again, tricordadvisors.com, uh, and you can send us a, a comment or something like that. But today- Let's dive in. Yeah, today is, is a good we time. We, we spoke uh, two weeks ago about succession planning and what it looks like when someone is ready to exit their business. It can also be applied to someone who's just a CEO or a large manager role. They're looking to mm-hmm. transition out. Mm-hmm. And we spoke about- uh, how do you sell your business? How do you pass it to the next generation? Kind of the, I would say more of the technical structuring. Well, today we're talking a little more of the, the emotional side of that, of of how do you have a succession plan that's not just to get you out, that's what kind of we talked about last week, yeah. mm-hmm. but how, how do you make sure the business is successful? And and this goes how into- How do you do it right? Yeah, right. Do it how, right. Do you, how do you do it right? How do we do it right? Let me phrase it. And some of it is when you uh, want to have a legacy, if you built it, it's yours, you want to make sure it continues on. And part of it is with a lot of these plans, there's some sort of a financial incentive to the the owner when they exit that they're tied to the business still, whether it's an yeah, earn out. Yeah, because in most cases, the business owner has ownership. I mean, or the mm-hmm. business, the CEO has ownership in the company, whether it be a small business or a public company, right? I mean, it's there's a sense of ownership for sure. Um, and the question is, is how do you transition without damaging the company. In fact, the transition, mm-hmm. what you want it to do is to enhance the company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want it to be a benefit to the company and to the customers. But so often it doesn't work out that way, does yeah. it? No, it's mm-hmm. hard. It's hard mode. Mm-hmm. So Laura, I'll start with you. Like, When should people start thinking about this? When should they start getting ready for this? I think the answer is as soon as possible. 
I think the most successful CEOs, business owners, upper management that start planning for their succession almost from day one, having a sense of what their exit strategy is going to look like. Now, that's ideal. Um, In reality, very, very few start planning much before the last couple of years. You know, when they're now, okay, now the time is upon them. What am I going to do next? And I thought what was interesting, I read an article recently that said there is, they can quantify an impact on the revenue for a company that hasn't had a clear succession plan mapped out or, um, you know, doesn't have a sense of, of leadership development um, internally, et cetera. They quantified a 3% reduction in revenue on average for a company that doesn't have a succession mm. plan in place. So the best CEOs are those who start planning almost from day one. What's what the their like? exit's going to look How like. Many exit? I mean, that, that's, I think that's some good wisdom. And this would apply to someone who's a, a business owner someone who is just a, a lead manager, you know, mm-hmm. as you walk into a new role to think someday I'm going to be leaving this role, hopefully moving on to a, you know, a further role, mm-hmm. but how do I'm going to make this successful knowing that I might either manage it or I might be selling it. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have that, thought. it's, it's interesting what you said of that 3% and whether that comes from um, the individuals themselves in that transition point, which is probably what most people think that, you know, they do a good transition, mm-hmm. they get more value. I could see it also just being the staff and the team, they know what their future looks like. Yeah, the statistic actually related to the whole company revenue. Um, that was a 3% reduction. And again, we're looking at you know a lot of the articles that, uh, in fact, I read some of the articles you talked about, mm-hmm. and it talks about public companies. But the vast majority of businesses, mm-hmm. small business, and sure. small businesses don't have the privilege of having a large board of directors and, and having the revenue to be able to do... Uh, to hire people that would, so to speak, be hired and trained to take over the CEO position. Right. Yeah. Small businesses don't have that luxury. So they are going through, you know, this transition potentially, and it's going to be disastrous for everybody. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. A little maybe story time, Randy, we had a client uh, a few years ago that had a electronics parts business. Yes. And uh, you worked with them for years and talked about what's going to happen to the business. And, uh, you know, you tell me a little bit about the story. Well, he what, sold it. He sold it to the employees. Uh, he hmm. had key individuals within that company. And then we had a 2007, 2008 event occur mm-hmm. and the business dropped off dramatically and the uh, employees couldn't continue to make payments to him. Hmm. So he had to take the business back. And interesting enough, the employee that uh, he sold the company to stayed as an employee. So he stayed into that. And then he looked at the business. That was plan one. Plan one was sell it. Plan one was sell it to the employees. And he was going to carry back the paper. So he was going to carry back the cost of the uh, the sale. Yeah. And uh, he was going to get monthly payments or whatever. And that didn't work. Mm -hmm. So he then, when he got the company back and he took it back over, he says, now what do I want to do? But he's in the midst of a downturn into a recession. So he he said, my goal at that stage was just to do enough business so I could keep these people employed. Mm-hmm. He felt such a, uh, uh, not an obligation, but he just felt like it was morally correct. Like a loyalty. To, it really was. And he he said, I don't need the money. I have enough money of my own. Mm-hmm. But he says, I want to make sure that I have, they have enough money to have, they keep the food on the table, mm-hmm. keep the roof of their head, pay for their benefits, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So he worked for years, years, uh, just keeping the business, the door open without mm-hmm. really taking any significant profit from it at all. Um, Where is he now? Is he still working? No. What happened is he died suddenly. Mm-hmm. He died suddenly. And what happened, I mean, to be to be really candid, 
Um, he had a son who was really not involved with the business. And the son we looked at, we had a long conversation. We had several meetings with him. Mm -hmm. And he said, do I carry on my father's, uh, you know, his desire? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we, we kind of counseled him and says, be careful here. Because I said, that's his desire, not your desire. So at the end of the day, he ended up liquidating the business and selling off the business practices. Yeah. And he gave he gave um, economics, gave he say he gave you know money to the the employees and such. Yeah. Ran it for a certain period of time. They helped him kind of close the business down. Fortunately, we were in a good market cycle, and every one of those employees mm -hmm. then could go out and get a job. He didn't feel like he was leaving them on the curb, so to yeah. speak. So this is an interesting example because it's not just Plan A. Sometimes it's going to have, there's going to be some curveballs, And so yeah. maybe what is actually valuable is not just making one plan, but a second plan, a mm. plan B. And in that case, it was a forced exit strategy. Unfortunately, by death, you know, that it's like, okay, now what do we do? So, and, and that's something that affects small businesses a lot. Yeah. And people yeah. are just, they don't, first of all, they don't think about it, but they're not prepared for it. Yeah. And it can be detrimental, not only to the family of the owner. Sure. But to the employees oh, yeah. and for someone that their desire was to see not just the company be successful, but the livelihood of the employees continue to grow and prosper. You know, you, you have to think about that, too. It's more complex than yeah. just their yeah, own right. personal life. That's right. And those are really good. Thanks for sharing that story. And thanks for the mm -hmm. comments. It is a multiple plan process. And a lot of folks who have a, it's what you call a family business. You know, they've, they've started it, a founder generation, and they think, my kids someday. They might come into this. Well, that that's their plan A, but that plan A, you know, their kids are eight <laughs> currently, right? Right. right. They, they need to let that plan develop, and a, there's a lot of life between here and there. Mm -hmm. And so maybe it needs to flip to say, okay, plan A is I'm going to make good friends with my competitor, and if something happens, I need to sell. I'm going to sell to them because they know this business; they could run it. But plan B is my kids grow up and they go to college and they work in a different industry for a while. Then they realize how great dad's business is. They come back, they take over, they're mentored, you know, and then they run a successful business going forward. But but the idea just to leave it in limbo, hey, maybe this will go to my kids someday and leave it at that. And you have a decade still before those kids are going to be of age. It's not the best plan. It's not a good well, plan. Particularly if, it, if it's a business that requires operational management. You know, if you're a manufacturing company or you're a service company, you have to have somebody in place to manage that. If you're buying fixed assets like real estate or something like that, it's just managing the real estate. You can hire to get that taken care of, mm. but it's mm -hmm. not. It's, so the business risk is real. It's mm -hmm. real. And think of the business today versus what it was like 20 years ago or even 30 or 40 years ago. Yeah. We have a completely different mode of businesses because of the technology changes that are going on. Yes. So what you're talking about to me reminds me of leadership development. You know, yes. if you were to go onto your computer and type in succession planning, the first few searches you're going to find, or at least I did when I did this yesterday, all have to do with leadership development, how you're investing right. in your staff, because the topics are so related. Um, because you really do come to rely on the internal resources, staff, labor, um, skill set that is available, um, unless you're planning on an external hire or a sale. So anyways. Yeah, yeah building up that team because uh, the succession is, is a great comment. And I think that kind of caps off that, that first point of building a plan starting early. Mm -hmm. But that plan isn't just I'm going to sell it. It's who can I sell it to or who's going to lead this or who's going to take over. Um, there's a myriad of ways to structure it you know, from the legal perspective. There's a number of ways to structure that. But the reality is you have to have somebody who's going to step in. And you got to teach them something. You got to you got to groom them. You got to get Keep them up prepared. Operations to your point. So the going, day to day. So going back to your initial comment, how soon do you start thinking about it? You should always be planning with the end in mind. 
So when you start a business, or at least early on, you should be thinking about, okay, what's this going to look like 20 years from now or 10 years from now or whatever, you know? Right. And that's so applicable, Mm -hmm. not just to a business owner. It's it's hugely applicable to a business owner, Mm -hmm. but even someone who's in a management or a leadership role, as you walk into that role, I I said at the beginning, but but thinking I might be walking out of this role, having massive success Mm -hmm. and moving on to a a, a larger role, but whoever's going to come behind me, I don't want this Mm -hmm. to be a gap in this, you know, uh, this product line or this division to falter when I leave. Mm-hmm. Like it even applies to people who are, are simply leaders in their organizations. So there's an article I was reading related to public companies that the average tenure of the CEO is about 10 years. Um, now I, I think it would be now, interesting. Public companies are different. Than, public companies yeah. are different than family owned businesses and where we're located, Tricord Advisors in the Inland Empire, Southern California area, we have a high concentration of family-owned businesses. Mm -hmm. And so that uh, statistic really doesn't apply because we see leadership Mm. in a family-owned business continue for much longer. Yeah. And, um, but they can have similar challenges. You know, there's, there's changes. You might make succession plan one, and then Mm. there might be, it might be several redrafts depending on, um, yeah, the twists and turns. So the the counseling is so important. So if Mm -hmm. an owner of a business is really, uh, focusing on a child to take over their business. You know, that child doesn't have the aptitude or the desire to do that. You can imagine what the conflict is going to mm-hmm. be in that household and the disappointment. Mm-hmm. You know, I've made the comment to several uh, of my clients over the years. I said, you have the passion to start the business. You're, you're pushing that responsibility onto your child or children. And most likely what's going to happen is your grandchildren are going to reap all the profit. Because they're going to end up saying, I don't want to be part of this and they'll sell it off. But what you've done is you've not given the opportunity to that child that is that next that next generation generation, to really make the decision for themselves. And that's where counseling, psychological counseling that evaluates the abilities and the strengths of that second generation. They may not be suited for that is what Mm -hmm. I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Why would you want to take their love for you and put an obligation attached Mm, to it to come into that business? Mm -hmm. And I've seen that happen. I've counseled um, over the years. I've counseled clients and be careful here. Mm -hmm. Make sure that your child is really desiring to do this business, not just fulfilling an obligation to you. And that's a hard, that's a hard one to swallow for a lot of, for a lot of CEOs or owners of business. Because they love their business, right? Right. They they love it. They built it. They see the potential. Right. So kind of the second step, we talked about starting early, you know, uh, we're going to jump to the one that w- for the individual who is on their way out. Uh, we talked a little bit this last week, but I think we can explore it more of, it's not just an exit for a lot of people. I- I'm done. I- I'm retiring. You know, if they're a business owner, they're an ex- executive. High achieving people generally need to find their next thing. Not just I'm done with this, but what's my next? Mm-hmm. And sometimes they, they have the idea, I'm going to be the consultant for the company. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stick around and just help them out. Others going to add salt to the uh, to the mix and make it really really taste <laughs> flavor. Yeah. So, so I guess as, as part of the succession planning and the yeah. exit plan is building the, the person who's leaving, kind of building their next, building mm-hmm. their retirement. Because mm-hmm. absolutely, they have great knowledge and great ability. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, I think that's, like you said, if, if it's a little bit of salt. Wonderful. This is great. Yeah. It's a bucket of salt. Well, yeah, it's it's going to go the other way. Totally different flavor. Yeah. So, I mean, Randy, you've, you've talked with a number of clients in, in this space. I mean, what do people want to do when they retire as business owners? Like, what are the common things that they are excited about or fearful of? Well, or- again, an entrepreneur is, is, is an entrepreneur forever. And mm-hmm. it's really hard for people who have built a company, built a business, built a practice, and then all of a sudden see themselves doing something different. Mm. And so we have a lot of conversation about transition. 
And I, and, and candidly, I find that it's really a difficult conversation for most people. Mm, they just yeah. don't see themselves doing something different. Yeah. So it, it's, it takes a lot of soul searching and it takes a lot of time to be able to get to a subject matter. Unfortunately, an event typically is what drives it. So mm. a health event or something like that mm-hmm. yeah. or business downturn or something. Kind of a forced transition. Yeah. And it is, it, that's not the, you want, you want to be able to exit or you want to be able to transition when things are yeah. good. right? And I, think, I mean, we're talking about the emotional process oh. of developing a succession plan. You want to be not just purposeful, but build in the anticipation of, um, you know, we talked on one of the earlier recordings about uh, the longevity revolution, so to speak, but how the baby boomers and going forward, you know, people are living into retirement 30 plus years. And so there's really time and space to do things that maybe they never found time for earlier. So the emotional impact to be that there is, whether it's a professional endeavor to to do a new skill, do something similar, complimentary, et cetera, but to build anticipation, uh, I think that helps motivate a a positive succession plan um, for someone is that they're looking forward to what's happening next. And I think the kind of practice, like for example, if you're a doctor, you probably are not going to see yourself continuing on mm-hmm. as in your practice beyond a certain age, depending upon what it is. And most likely you're not going to go into business mm-hmm. to develop a medical practice. If you are a manufacturer and you've built a business, you can probably see yourself doing that forever. Mm-hmm. You know, if your product mm-hmm. is, is, is needed. Um, again, it, it varies from type of structure to type of profession. structure. How you that. Yeah. When we, talk through clients that are new to us who are either business owners or even executives, we will take them through some as a visioning process, right? Mm -hmm. Visioning where they're headed, how they're going to get there. Let's put some details, some meat on the bone of what they're excited about. And then we'll build their financial plan. I think the same thing applies and should apply to someone who's talking about this, this succession planning. I built an exit plan. I know who's going to take over. I know how that's going to work, but then kind of put in a little pause and then looking at like, what's my vision now? my next 30 years and mm-hmm. acknowledging that I, I want I want something that gets me out of bed in the morning and excited. It used to be this business. Like right. that's what got me out of bed. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I need something different and it could be relating to grandkids. It could be relating to youth sports. It could, you know, it could be relating to things that don't just have right. to something make you money. Philanthropic right? or something. Yep. But they don't have to be philanthropic. They could also still make money. I think it's, it's important for someone as they're looking to retire. It's not just, okay, I'm out of the business but but I'm out of the business. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about what the business is doing. I'm excited about their future success. And I'm also excited about what I'm doing and, and mm-hmm. my future success and defining mm-hmm. that, that success and getting to define it in a different way than they did when they were 30. Mm-hmm. You know, 30 mm-hmm. success often meant putting food on the table. Right. You know, now, just survival. Yeah, survival. Mm-hmm. And, and now at, at that point of exiting a business and doing it successfully, they may not. And one of the articles that we read, it, it, it made a good comment of, you know, if you're, you don't have to be a consultant. You don't have to be, you know, there when they have questions, like they know you're the great source. And if that transition works well, you are, you're going to get called. <laughs> you're going to get a phone right. call. You're going to get you have asked. something to give back. Right, you have the experience. Yeah. yeah. So last item we'll, we'll talk in the time we have left is, is who should be involved in this process? Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we've talked about, you know, the, the plan before the plan after, do you fly it alone? What, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Who's your team? Who, who would you want on your team if you're exiting? Yeah. Or who sits around the table? You know, I think when you're developing a succession plan, uh, certainly you want someone who can advise you on the finances, especially as you're planning out your retirement. You need to see, you know, investment growth, et cetera, how much you're putting into your retirement, et cetera, what the timing of that is and what that looks like. Um an attorney is the next person that comes to mind. I think, I think, again, yeah, I think the legal aspect is really critically important. Absolutely. The contracts and all the succession documents yep. uh, is really, really important. And then you've got to have a good tax 
person yeah. mm-hmm. to be able to answer, answer some really key questions, right? Tax is mm-hmm. a great comment because in, in this moment, when you're transitioning a business, the ownership of business, there will be taxes. Mm-hmm. The question is who pays them and when? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you pay them all at once, it's it's you, it pushes you into the highest tax brackets. Mm-hmm. So in order to reduce that, sometimes you want to spread them out, sometimes you want to shift them. But there's very few situations where you get through this where you, you don't have any taxes, right? right? You, have, you have to be mindful of that. The other one I would add to this um, is someone who's a dreamer a little bit, like someone who's not just the, the math and technical, but like who is the friend or who's the person that has always got the fun idea and the good adventure. Like, yeah, maybe they should be a part of this as well to mm-hmm. speak into your life a little bit of, mm-hmm. of, you know, you've always loved, I've seen you loving having dinner parties. What if every week we start running a Disney? I, I don't know what it would be, but right. you know, that idea to have someone who will, will help you vision the future because I think you're right. You need the you need the, the training and the planning of the next generation. You need the tax and the council for the mm-hmm. transition moment. But I think you also need that next. Well, again, I dream. think it's finding those other passions. And mm-hmm. the passion has been maybe the business for that person for decades. Now, all of a sudden, we have to transition that passion. What it, What is it that you're really passionate about? Yeah. You know, it could be a spiritual passion. It could be an educational pass- passion. It could be, you know, SCORE. That's why a lot of people in SCORE do, you know, do really well there because yep. they act as consultants for other younger entrepreneurs mm. and things like that. So there's a lot of those kinds of things. That's and great. I think somebody, you know, going back to the timeliness that we were talking about earlier, maybe a CEO that's just started and they're really trying to think about their succession plan is I have no clue what I want to do 20 years from now. And that's okay. You know, you can create time and space to develop that something that you'll be excited about because you're right. You don't know exactly what your life's going to look like in 20 years, but going back to the reason why you plan early is you obviously, you know, tax events, you want to structure ahead of time, but you want to start thinking about those things. Sometimes it takes time for them to develop and, you know, God forbid there would be kind of a a forced exit like death. That's something legally that you also want to structure ahead of time. So, you know, that your, your family and your staff is provided for. Um, So again, I think the timeliness, even though it it may not feel natural is really critical to this whole conversation. I agree. I think there's some good steps. I had a client not too long ago that one of his goals down the road was to fly his own plane, you know, from a certain area to a certain area. And he doesn't own a plane. He's not a pilot. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't have any of those things. But that that was his off in the the future goal. But with that, to your comment, that means he's probably going to take pilot lessons, you know, between over the next decade. And that's going to take some time and some pieces and preparation. And he may realize I hate this and change his goal. Right. But, but really if if he waits till he's actually exiting and then says, all right, I got to buy a plane and get a license. That's going to be very stressful and not enjoyable. It's too late. And getting a pilot's license takes a long, long time. And you've got age requirements. And there's a lot of requirements to, to fly a plane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So that could help, help inform someone's journey. I think you're going, like knowing the having the end in mind will help inform your journey to be able to say, this is how I would love to exit if possible, mm-hmm. plan A or plan B or plan C. And as I exit, I want to, I want to eventually be about this. And so mm-hmm. between here and there, I'm going to start taking some you know, flying lessons. I'm going to start engaging mm-hmm. with my community in a different way. I'm going to learn to cook. I'm going to mm-hmm. you know, build, some, build some pieces in that you can kind of test out that future you're thinking mm-hmm. about. And so when you actually get there, you're ready, you're excited, and you know what it is. So, so at Tricord Advisors, we are so excited about our tagline, your future's best ally, because as you develop your vision, as it changes, we're not here to be critical of it. We're here to be the ally and the supporter and help you build a plan for how to get there. And if it changes, well, then let's 
shift the plan. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're mm-hmm. we're excited about the work that we get to do for mm-hmm. our yeah. clients in that way. Yep. Yeah. And if there's any topics you'd like us to discuss in this kind of panel discussion, mm-hmm. uh, you can go to our website, tricordadvisors.com. You can leave us a comment. Um, and we would love to get to know you. We'd also love to talk through any questions that you have for us. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. Information and ideas discussed on this program are in the nature of general comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Do not constitute legal or financial advice and do not create an attorney, client, or fiduciary relationship. Any examples or circumstances discussed are fictional. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor, tax consultant, or attorney, as well as conduct their own due diligence prior to making any decisions. Investments involve risk and the possibility of loss, including the loss of principal. All situations are different and results may vary. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent, California licensed number 0518567 and Jeremiah Lee is a California licensed attorney and is responsible for this communication. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisory firm.